All right, what happens when you match up Curse's dream profession of shirtless sax player with the Goonies and Dracula? Well, you get this 1987 film. Because <laughs> today we're talking movies. We're talking The Lost Boys, starring Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, and Kiefer Sutherland. Written by Jan Fisher, James Jeremias, and Jeffrey Boom. Directed by Joel Schumacher. Great. The blood-sucking Brady Bunch. My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. You wait till mom finds out about this, buddy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Tonight, we're going to be talking about The Lost Boys from 1987. And yet again, we have a horror expert, and I feel like he really likes this movie, so we're going to kick it over right away. Scott, The Lost Boys. Let's go. Like, is this what you're going to do all October? Yeah, you know, horror expert. I, I, like, first of all, I'm not a horror expert. I like the genre of horror. That does not make me an expert on it. Compared to but... me, that makes you a fucking expert. Like, I, it's like if, if you like guacamole and I don't like guacamole, you are now a guacamole expert as far as I'm concerned. Luckily, okay. I like guacamole, so we're good. Uh, I like guacamole a lot more than I like the Lost Boys, I'll tell you that much. Um, are you serious? Oh, oh yeah, my God. Baby. No, oh, yeah. no. Go. Like, go. Really? Yeah, this is this. I feel like this is you haven't said it, but I feel like this is like one of your favorite movies because you like referenced it or brought it up in conversation. I think the entire period I've known you. So. Yeah, like this is one of. This is one of the movies that uh, I watch every every October. Well, it didn't make me, but uh, no, like for me, I was what six years old when this movie came out. Mm hmm. Uh, my old, my sister's older and i remember when this movie came out she was she was obsessed with it because it was literally like fucking hot guys you know <laughs> like the whole time so she would watch it and i would watch it too and then it would fuck me up because at the time we shared a room and like my bed was facing the door and she had a fucking poster of richard grieco that would like stare at me <laughs> And then when a car would pass by, like, like if it breaks, the lights would, like, fucking go in his eyes all red. And I would be, like, I would be fucked up because of this movie, right? So I literally have to rewatch this movie all the time to just desensitize, uh, de- de- desensitize it. Like, it's a childhood trauma. That story is better than the 90 minutes of The Lost Boys. I'll tell you right now. I want a movie of that. Richard Grieco poster eyes scaring young Scott in 2022. Scott Vega, Richard Grieco in The Poster Boy. I'm sure he's looking for the work. <laughs> he probably is. Hold on. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm getting a tweet. Richard Grieco, what's the day rate? Uh, new phone, who this? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, so, okay, I'm, okay. So, you've watched this movie a bazillion times. Uh, numerous, yeah, numerous times. And, like, I'm super surprised, like, that you do not like this movie. So, I just found it a like, bit like it's okay. So, first off, and I was talking to our producer before we, we, we kicked off today. Got to keep this sucker in context, okay? Like, it's like you said, it's kind of like the Goonies and Vampires. It's a 1987 film. It's got the two Corys. Like, 
let, let, let's let's be very clear. This is not fucking art. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It was never meant to be some big, you know, cinematic fucking experience here. You know, this is like. I mean, even at the time, you know, they had an eight point five million dollar budget. I mean, that's solid. Like that's a solid budget. But I mean, this is not game changing kind of cinema. So. In that context, I would, I would disagree. Ahead. Like this, this film, like from release to now, is often uh, imitated but never duplicated. Okay, give, you got to you got to flush out that comment, man. What do you mean? This is this is like if you look at vampire films prior. Okay, it, like the ones. But give me an example. The popular popular ones at the time. You're looking at the Hammer Horror, Christopher Lee right? Dracula's, okay. like those vampire films. You always had an older, older man as the vampire, right? They'd always kind of go on to that. This is the first like time. Vampire, have... vampire movies had like a bit of a daddy issue going on. You know what I mean? A lot of older, older men. <laughs> older men, younger women, right? There we go. Um, but uh, yeah, this one, you're looking at teens, right? Like people were, that are young, you know, sexy. Like technically, if they were going to make this today, of which I think they're trying to remake it into a TV show. But if they were going to make this into a movie or remake it, like I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Lee Chamblay or whoever you, your guy is, the new David, right? And then you can have uh, who else? Who else would be like hot? Adam, young, Adam Driver might be in it because you need a solid. No, actor. he's too old. He's too old. He's okay, too he's old. too old. He's too old because you got to go into like. Tom Holland. Tom Holland would probably play the Corey Haim part. Zendaya right? as Star, that kind of thing. Exactly, right? Which I'm pretty sure they are remaking it now. It's none of these people. But, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, casting directors, call me. Um, but yeah, same thing. This was one of the first ones where you had the the facial switches from from what I remember too, where you have the young angelic face that turns into the Nosferatu face, right? That mm-hmm. kind of references the old and the new. And, you know, a fucking kick-ass pumping soundtrack. Like, you know, after this movie, you're like, ah, sister. <laughs> you know you're a puppet. I have to admit, I you know, and uh, the use of uh, Strange by the Doors or whatever, um, or Faces Coming Out of There, I think, I think it's called Strange. Strange. I don't know. Maybe our producer, uh, when you're strange, whatever the actual title of that Doors song is, um, that always that there's there's that opening sequence right where they're in Santa Carol uh, as Carla, which is I think what uh, Santa Monica. Um, that opening sequence with the Doors playing over top of it, I'm like, like that's still and even even though I don't love this film, even like has stuck in my mind since probably the first time I watched it. Like they definitely could use uh, a good use of music and scoring. Um, that, uh, that lost boys song, the, like where there's like the, you know, thou shall not kill. I'm not even going yeah, to try to little sister. Yeah. 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 That's sister. That also is like so well used. There's definitely some interesting editing going on and overlays and stuff like that and dissolves. Yeah. Um, like if you, in terms of that song, right? Like, the minute you hear that song, you think Lost Boys. Just like yep. Jaws, the Jaws thing, you think Jaws, like fucking, nah, 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 nah. you're like, fuck Michael Myers, right? The minute you're like, ah, you're like, fucking Lost Boys is on? So on that, you, know. you mentioned it in the opening there, and I meant to look this up. Who the fuck is the band with the shirtless saxophone player? I was watching it, I'm like, I gotta look up who this fucking band is. Um, I think it's a real band. 
Oh, I'm not. I, I am a hundred percent sure that it is probably a real band, and none of those words actually go together. Um, nothing says the '80s like juiced up, fucking waxed, oiled up man in tight pants with a chain around his neck playing a saxophone as a lead singer of a band. I was like, this this is the most '80s thing I have ever seen. Just that. I mean, I also would watch a short film about the life and times of the shirtless saxophone player um who's probably a part-time vampire hunter as well right that, that's his <laughs> that's his like little motto he's just there playing and he's like who, who's, who's who's like still wearing a cape that's the guy i'm going after right so i mean oh, go ahead i so it's not horrible it but it is what it is it's like you know watch on a sunday i think i've watched this film more on like Sundays on like, I don't know, what was it like peach tree or apple tree or whatever, whatever the TV network was that we, you would watch like Sunday movies on, um, more than I ever watched it on, um, VHS. I definitely didn't see it in the theater. I would have been, it came out in 87, 78. Oh wait, I'm 35 to 45. So I'm not going to give that away. Uh, I would not have been, you just did. people could do math. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. I mostly watch this on like TV. You know what I mean? On Sundays. So yeah, it's fine. This was, yeah, this same, like this was um, a VHS rental, right? Like when it came out, like for us in our household. But yeah, like I'm, I'm still surprised. Like, is there a horror movie you like? Cause that, like, this is. I like Halloween. What, I told you what? I like Halloween. John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. The original Halloween is well done. It's got great tracking shots, beautiful camera work. I mean, early Jamie Lee Curtis, like, yeah, it's great. That that's about it. That that's on the list. And then there's the movie that we don't talk about because it's too scary to even talk about. So, well, then you can't talk about it because you haven't watched it. So there we go. But I'm just going on Rotten Tomatoes quickly. So this one has a 76 theometer for critics, 85 audience. Oh, I I know, man. It's just I found it kind of boring. Like, I don't, I don't get how. I think. In terms of editing, like, and you're you're always complaining about editing, they did keep it fast paced, right? Like, there wasn't any really gaps, and they kept a lot of things open for the eventual sequel that you know became made for TV twenty years later. Mm. But there's still, yeah, I still think there's a lot that they did with this, like, and a lot they could have done with this too, because. You know, you never got to the part where it was revealed the grandfather was a vampire as well. Because you know he was a vampire, right? He was a vampire hunter. No, no, he was a vampire. Is that, why do you say that? He was literally out during the daytime. So was Michael. Uh, Michael wasn't a full vampire, that's why. And neither was the grandfather. Ah, so there's your, there's your thing. I don't know, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, so it. Oh, here, I'll give you an example. Go, 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 go. I'll give you why. Okay, so he had, if you start from the beginning, you have the fridge, right? He eats food. He eats regular food. He drinks root beer and eats fucking double stuff Oreos. That's not root beer, though. That's blood. Oh, okay. That's that's a big stretch, man. No, that's the thing they can't touch. Now, if you look at uh, the scenes where, like, when he comes back, when Michael comes back after his star night, and he's wearing the glasses, sunglasses during the day. Um, Corey Hames eating breakfast. And then the grandfather makes the comment saying like, oh, I wasn't the only one who had a long night. 
the grandfather's also wearing sunglasses inside the inside the house during the day. Yeah, you the don't, you don't get that like double entendre there. The idea like the you know uh, 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 illusion or not illusion, um, alluding to the fact that like he banged and like that is not that is not what's going on in that that set of dialogue there. It's old man sex. You. That's what there's. That's what he's talking about. He sucks some no. blood, all right. I got his blood sucked, but it wasn't from a vampire. Um, okay, so I think. So this quote, I think kind of, and then I've got some notes off my quote. So Peter Travers from People Magazine about the Lost Boys. It's often sloppy and thinly plotted, but that is, after all, a summer movie. And if it's nothing to really sink your fangs into, it's often very funny. And there is, like, it's it's not, it's a superficial script. Um, there is some, like, laugh out loud uh, dialogue and stuff there, you know, delivered really well by uh, Corey Haim. Um, and we can, I mean, we could talk about just the, the two Corey's there's entire podcast devoted to that. Um, and then the note I'm a, I'm a made the note I made for myself is it's fine. If you haven't watched it and you like cult eighties films, check it out. Otherwise rewatch it every decade. So to remind you why you only watch it every decade. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's a fine movie. What? You know what I mean? Like, but it's not, it's not something that's going to be in a heavy rotation in, in my household. That's for sure. Well, what is in heavy rotation at your household? I mean, I can watch I can watch Goodwill Hunting probably every fucking week if I wanted to, or The Departed. I really like The Departed. Um, you you already know I like Rush and Drive. You know we've we've had the some basic like mid level Tarantino talks. Uh, yeah, man. Like this is just not not on my list of things that I need to go back to the well for. Even Bram Stoker's Dracula, like I think, is really well done. Uh, it stays fairly close to the original uh, novel. Um, you know, Coppola did a good job with that. I don't, yeah, I, I don't okay, know what else you want me okay, to say, man. Okay. No, no, no. I'm just trying to get, after two years of doing this, I'm just trying to get a taste of anything the, the anything that's pop culture, like, that's, that's just popular because, like, nothing in terms of like plot or anything like that it's just like it's fucking popular you mean, you mean popular. like a well-constructed film basically if it's not th- if it's that that's i usually what i like i like a well-written dialogue with proper editing and pacing good cinematography you know and even some decent acting yes those things are the things i like in my in my films um if you haven't noticed <laughs> i'm a fucking film snob so that said i do really yeah, like but... Leg- a re- legally blonde and mean girl <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, sometimes just having a popcorn film is just enjoyable as well. Like, but you don't have to think about anything. You can just can just sit down and be like, "Fuck," you know. Just sit down. Here's ninety minutes of my time, and you know, I'm no better, I'm no worse, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, like like Predator or Commando. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, tell or me, tell me more about about this film specifically. Uh, why, why do you like this film? Like, what about it do you like? I think it goes, like, like we were saying before, like the Goonies, right? Like, when this film came out, um, I was just a little bit, uh, a little bit younger than the main cast, right? Like, the Corys and everything like that. And it's something that, you know, as a child, you're like, you can imagine yourself in that environment, right? Sure, like sure, it sure. captivated you, right? Now, the more I get You're like, older, if my, the more if my I older sister turns into a vampire and Richard Rico comes out of the poster, like, what would I do? 
Thank you, Frog Brothers, Fuck. for giving me the skill set to defend my household. Exactly, man. You go, you go to church, you upset a, a baptism, get your water guns all up in there, you know, your cantinas. But it's the same, like, even uh, the other Corey Haim film that came out around this time, like Silver Bullet, the werewolf one, yep. Stephen King's, right? Like, that one I thought was well done as well. Like, it, it's, it was just the perfect, like, to me, I just like the mixture of the horror element, but with the humor, right? Like, it just encapsulates everything that it just, like, no, it's just fucking entertaining. Mm-hmm. It just entertained me. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think the score is well done. The music supervision is do- well done. Like, the, the music selection for this film is great. Um, there's definitely some even some interesting cinematography um, from Michael Chapman, who, I mean, he, at the time, he had an Oscar uh, nomination for Raging Bull, and he went on to be also be nominated for his work on The Fugitive. But, I mean, he worked on Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, which are, like, classic, classic films, and Raging Bull definitely has great cinematography. Um he also did Scrooge. Yeah, the, the stuff, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, this film was three weeks. Like, they filmed this film in three weeks, right? Um, and in terms of the cinematography, like, the choices they made because of the condensed fucking shooting schedule, right? Like, it's the same shot, but just reversed. Right? Yeah. Um, one of the things I really like is they use, and it's got to be a helicopter because, I mean, we don't have drones at the time. But using the like flying POV of the vampires, like so you're coming in over top of the ocean or you're coming in on a on a on a car. Um, they did a really great job with that. And I mean, again, the reason it looks like a helicopter instead of like uh, like a crane or whatever is, is a bit it's a bit shaky at points. Um, I thought that was really well done. Like I said, there were some interesting like overlays and dissolves that they used in their editing process, especially with that song playing in the background where you're, you know, the vampires are jumping around and like right after he drank the blood or whatever. And they're, they're kind of going between mm-hmm. each scene as they dissolve into each other. Um, it's fine. I mean, it's not all movies are going to be a fucking plus. Uh, this is like a, it's like a B movie to me. I mean, the cat especially considering the cast. And I mean, even some of the like supporting roles are, were filled by solid actors, but I mean, you got Jason Patrick, you've got Corey Haim, you've got Corey Feldman, and you've got Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, actually, so Alex Winters is in this as well. So do you know what, read the reason why, like, the other vampires have, like, six lines of dialogue between fucking four or five of them? Like, I was like, did they just blow all their budget on, like, Sutherland? And they're like, sorry, guys, we just don't have any money to pay you to say words in this film. Because I realized... There's very little dialogue from anyone else other than Kiefer Sutherland in the vampire tribe. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but even even with him, he says very little as well. But I think the reason why is it was something calculated in here because this one word is said 118 times during the movie. Michael. Michael. Exactly. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's all they had time for, right? Like he's about to drink the water. They're all like, or the the wine, the blood. They're all saying Michael, right? And then <laughs> they're they're what hanging off the bridge. They're all saying Michael. They're like, listen, I don't know if you can scramble up uh, an actual sentence. So you're just going to say one word repeatedly, <laughs> repeatedly over again, right? Um. So do you, I, so I was looking at Joe, Joel Schumacher's like body of work and like, so he was like the guy doing like the Brat Pack stuff in the eighties, like St. Elmo's Fire, 
Flatliner or Flatlines, uh, which also Keith Sutherland and like Julia Roberts. Um, he did Falling Down, which is fucking such a cool film. Although maybe I'll go back and find it problematic. Uh, he did Eight Millimeter, which I also think is really good. Um, and of course he did two horrible fucking Batman movies. Um, actually, yeah. Do you, mm. do you like his Batman movies? I, I like the Val Kilmer one. What's that one? Right. Batman, Batman Forever? Yeah. Because I think what Batman and yeah. Robin was when they moved to Clooney and his nipples, his bat, bat nipples. Yeah, exactly. And the bat credit card. <laughs> but yeah, the he did The Client. The Client was good with fucking Tommy Lee Jones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did, a, um, he did a couple of those kind of what, like... Yeah, Time to Kill. That's the one that like fucking blew McConaughey all up. Yeah, I mean he so he died in uh, 2020 in June. Actually, he was 80, died of um, cancer. And Jim Carrey and McConaughey both, when they spoke at his funeral, said like they it, it was because of him that their careers got launched. Um, and I'm so I'm guessing I don't know why Jim Carrey would say that. I mean he he had a pretty solid career before he was in uh, Batman, but. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, East Venture of Pet Detective made mask. fucking him. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, or the Mac. At like 38 years old of like pneumonia and just was like broke, had been homeless. Like, a guy, he, like he had such a huge. It's weird. You know, they talk about how he was like this huge star, but like he burned out so fast that like the stuff that we know him for is like, that's it. Like there's no other body of work that's of worth like note. Like I've got obviously silver bullet, Lucas license to drive dream, a little dream. Do you, you might be too young. Do you remember the Edison twins on TV? Mm, off the top of my head. No. So it's either TVO or CBC, which are Canadian for those that aren't in, in Canada. They were like, it was like Canadian broadcasting or, or, or the provincial broadcaster. And it was like these two, these a brother and a sister that were like super science nerds. And he was either one of the Edison twins or he was like the youngest, like one of the younger children on the Edison twins. And I was like, holy fuck, he was in that? Like, because Corey's from, well, that Corey, sorry, Corey Haim is, he's from Toronto. And he lived, he spent some time living in uh, Quebec. And then actually he's buried in either Toronto or in Scarborough. Like, but like just such a tragic life, like. He, uh, like by like 17, 18, 19 kind of age, like he was already like a full blown drug addict and just his career went fucking nowhere because of it. And then he died like 38 fucking within my age range. Yeah. Like, I don't want to really get into him only cause I think there's a lot of, um, you know, substance abuse, but also other kinds of abuse that happened to him as a child. Sure, right? sure, sure. That as a child actor. Led, yeah, that kind of led him into the substance abuse that kind of most likely made him like not go into it, but like into the um, continue on. But he was like, this is going to be like bad to say, but kind of seen as, you know, um, tragic goods right like you don't kind of want a mom set oh yeah i mean I think he, the last he even thing... got sued by like an insurance like lloyds of london because he didn't disclose his like addiction and he couldn't film like he couldn't he couldn't he could was not capable of fucking performing on set so they were like we're suing you because you are basically in breach of contract you know what i mean yeah like the last thing i remember him in was the um state of movie crank 
Oh, but yeah, no, no, it, was, it I... wasn't the first crank. Wasn't it like crank two or six or I think so. something? It was like one of the other cranks. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, yeah, the second one. But Stadium was in it too. And then he had he had a cameo at the end of that made for direct-to-TV Lost Boys sequel. Oh, okay. With, with Kiefer Sutherland's brother playing the head vampire this time. Ah, oh, gotcha. The, the brother that's but, in Possessor? Angus? No, okay. I don't think he... I think it's an Angus Sutherland. I don't remember if that was the one that's in Possessor. But, yeah, like, I think it's just kind of sad what happened to him right and, well both Corey's even and, like even though Corey feldman's still alive like he's he's a fu- he's fucked like he had, they had that show the two Corey's for a little bit um yeah just tragic and like you said like we could we could go on and on and there's a lot of stuff to unpack when it comes to both of them because they both had problems as child actors and they talk about like sexual violence against them in hollywood and you know yeah well yeah Corey feldman was what when this film was out he was what 13 14 yeah when probably they filmed. and then he got fired on the first day of this film and then they hired him back but he got fired because he fucking came off of a coke binge to set and just was sleeping all day at 14 yeah and that's the thing that's i think that's kind of the the, the tragic thing that i was saying like like the shit that probably happened right like and it's just quiet and i think now nowadays with like the me too and all that stuff like you start hearing all the all the stuff that kind of was happening in the past and it just makes you reassess it all right well i mean there's also a certain like high-end professional class of agents and managers now like uh not that your parents can't still manage you and like fuck your whole life up but like now you know, some of these big high-end agencies will get their hooks into you and they'll keep you clean just because you're like a money train, right? Like they'll just keep you out of trouble for the most part or keep it under wraps at least because as long as you're performing, they're getting paid. Where, I mean, I read some stuff where Corey Haim was talking about, I guess parents were fucking garbage and like they were going to like the Hollywood rap parties and stuff together as like a family and then the parents were like, dancing it up with like other like men and women and like and he's just this kid right like his parents are off partying and fucking letting him just be like sad in the corner and like that sucks man fuck that shit anyway Mm -hmm. um it's same with you know so and it's interesting jason patrick so like he's done some good stuff but not recently like i mean he was good in narc uh he was good in rush the 1991 film not the like best you know uh formula one film ever made uh, and he was good in sleepers, but then he kind of just like, he's got a lot of like mid-level stuff. Like I'm surprised he didn't become more of an A-list guy. Um, I mean, I couldn't find any like real substance problems or anything like that. Like, I don't know if he like pissed somebody off. I mean, he comes from a fairly famous fam- family. Like his dad was a screenwriter and his great grandfather is Jackie Gleason of like the honeymooners and like super, super, super famous, like comedic actor. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know like what fucking happened to the guy. Like, his, oh, it could just, you know, sometimes nothing happens. Sometimes people choose, you know, just to spend time with their family, right? And just like Rick Moranis, you know, you have enough because he's, yeah, he's exactly. a good guy. Exactly. Sometimes there isn't anything, you know, in the background that's super um, controversial or anything. Yeah. It's just like, hey, right? Like, 
just what yesterday well a week from a week from today because when this actually airs uh Reynolds, ryan reynolds was like hey i just did a bunch of fucking movies in a row i'm gonna take a little break for a while right yeah. just spend time with my family so sometimes that's that's all it takes right uh everybody needs a vacation an interesting <laughs> note just because of kind of like so in the lost boys jason patrick's character is trying to like get star away from like the Kiefer sutherland character or, or she's being used as bait or whatever but in real life uh jason patrick dated julia roberts like within days after she canceled her wedding to Kiefer sutherland so i was like oh there's a uh, life uh imitating art there kind of thing you know what i mean so are you serious right it's now tmz baby like, i was gonna say who needs who needs national fucking oh oh my god what was the what was the national inquirer okay yeah, who needs that when you got a fucking Lamford report? <laughs> <laughs> Lampoon by Lamford. Um, anyway, man, I don't really have... Well, in regard, I was going to say, in, in regards to, like, Jamie... Oh, my God, now I'm even Brayford in her last name. Like, Jamie Gertz, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, fucking smart as hell. Like, she owns part of the Atlanta, Fox, uh, Atlanta Hawks for the NBA. I think the Milwaukee Brewers, like she's just part, like she invested her money very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Instead of blowing it on like cocaine and hookers. So she invested her money very well that she has a shit ton of it. Who's to say she's not blowing her money? (laughs) (laughs) But she just has enough of it that she's just like, it means nothing to me. (laughs) Um. I think I've said my piece on this. I, I mean, watch it, check it out. It's, it, it's, it's part of like pop culture. Like you said, you know, people talk about it, people reference it. Um, it's got a cool score. Uh, my, the, our producer actually said that. So it's uh, people are strange by the doors, but it's actually an echo and the bunny man cover. Uh, it's not the original Jim Morrison, um, track. So yeah, they probably couldn't afford the Jim Morrison. Track. Probably. Yeah. And I mean, echo and the bunny man were <laughs> are, are huge eighties band. Right. So, or, or they could have done it to make it more contemporary, right? So, yeah, man. I got nothing else to say on this movie. All right. All I got to say before we go out is um, you need to open your horizons on some films, right? Like, you know, sometimes you can't just have a critical eye. You just have to have an eye for an enjoyment. Okay. Well, when we do Legally Bond, you'll see you'll see where my eye for enjoyment opens, so... Oh, 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 that's on the list of movies we'll never do, along with Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun is a holy grail of movies, man. Of propaganda, but that's another story. <laughs> and that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. If you're looking to get a hold of us, please go to our website at howdyoulikethatmovie.com. All our social media links are there, and you can email us as well. So what you're saying is, if this movie gets re-released in theaters as a little matinee, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. If if we're gonna go watch it, I need to go like out 
like same aisle or behind, but pretty far out so I don't get any on me. Yeah, man. Right? You don't want any of that backsplash. I'm going to wear fucking <laughs> shorts just so I can like... <laughs> <laughs> like track shorts. You're like, anything. yo, dude, there's, uh, there's no popcorn in that container and it's like, shut up, you're giving me away. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.